I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. And the 2% of energy that you have, you think that's your full potential, but it really isn't, right? And, and that goes down to who are you surrounded? Whatever you focus on, you're, you you manifest it, like, you know, you facilitate it in the real world. So if you're focusing on things that you don't want with your energy, you're just strengthening that. Enthusiasm and staying in awe of the world is, yep. I mean, it's going to save your life. Everyone would benefit from knowing... That everyone is Oliver Nino, and he is known as the spiritual activator. He's a coach, he's an energy worker, he writes books. And in this podcast, we talk specifically on mastering and protecting your energy, practical energy management techniques, clearing trauma from your body energetically, techniques for dealing with stressful people, managing, understanding, and enhancing the energy that you put out into the world, why repressing issues always comes back to burn you, how destructive shame can be, and so much more. This is a massively packed episode with practical techniques and strategies for you to feel better in the world because we can quantify a whole bunch, but sometimes it's just a matter of you feeling in a funk or not living with as much energy as you would want. And uh, this is massively eye-opening. I think there are probably a thousand tweetable little comments in this podcast episode. I know you're going to love it. Please follow me on Instagram at real Sean McCormick. Go to seanmccormick.com and sign up for What's Up Wednesday newsletter. It comes out every single Wednesday and it's five bullets. And uh, I think you're going to like it because a lot of people do. The email list is growing now. It's over 7,000 people that are getting an email from me every Wednesday. So go, go ahead and sign up for that at seanmccormick.com. I can't wait to give you this episode with Oliver Nino. And I'm here with Oliver Nino. He's a best-selling author, an entrepreneur, a spiritual advisor, and he has this beautiful piece of art behind him. Oliver, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Sean, thanks for having me. We're gonna we're gonna have a really cool conversation, and I hopefully I'm gonna ask you some questions that catch you off guard and Let's do it uh, and aren't the typical. So yeah. I, I wanna I wanna hit people right in the face with sure. with the question what. What, what, if you were going to explain it to, uh, you know, sort of an intelligent third grader, right? How, how do you explain and define energy? Sure. So, energy, I would define it as oxygen, right? It is something invisible. You don't see it. And it's not important. You don't think it's important until you can't breathe. And it's the only thing you think of, right? So, it's the same. It's similar to where some, let's say you are feeling good and you walk into a, mall, a crowded area, next thing you know, you're feeling overwhelmed, right? How did that happen? It's because people's energy start interacting with other people's energies, right? Your bubble and their bubble interact. Next thing you know, when th those things interact, you may feel what they feel, right? And that's like a very simple example of how energy can affect us on the daily, but it does. And then, you know, and from examples like that to unexplainable stuff to where you're like thinking of somebody ra randomly, and then they call or they text in the email and you're like, wow, well, I was just thinking about you and you call and you haven't, you know, thought about them in months or even years. And it just happens, happens all the time. Right. So I feel like it's the invisible thing that affects and controls a lot of things in our lives. Like mm -hmm. oxygen. I like that. I like that. Yeah. When, when, you know, for as many podcast episodes as I've done on yeah. longevity, biohacking, 
um, I, I see this obvious connection that I, I want to lay out for the listeners, which is, you know, at a chemical level, energy is created um, via ATP, right? And we can take supplements and vitamins, we can do breath work and ice plunges, you know, to to enhance our ATP and improve our mitochondria. And and as above, so below, as within, so without, the energy that we create inside of our body is similar to the energy that we're exposed to outside of our body is that it just moves, it changes. Yep. So what are some ways that you have found effective for people to manage or enhance their own energy inside themselves? Got it. So a lot of the times, I mean, the way I look at it is looking at body in homeostasis, right? Like thinking about normally when we come in here, we come to the world, we have a lot of energy and then we're thrown into the environment and then our upbringing and then our programming, then trauma, then things that we're affected by, like, you know, Wi-Fi routers, radio waves on a daily basis, you know, the things, the, the air that we breathe, everything that can throw off natural rhythm of the body. So now what ends up happening is instead of the body like, you know, having this energy to do whatever you want with it, or instead of the have this body having the energy to direct towards self-healing and, 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 and addressing whatever the body needs, it's now just dealing with the stuff that we're thrown at on a daily basis, right? So that's the one thing is um, I feel like elimination is so important because mm. people try to gain energy, but they don't, but don't realize what if 98% of your energy is being used to just stay afloat every single day. And the 2% of energy that you have, you think that's your full potential, but it really isn't, right? And that goes down to who are you surrounded by? If you have people that are drag you down energetically, that are negative, or that you have to be, walk, you know, walk on eggshells and you have to be inauthentic. Now you have to spend all this energy being inauthentic. All your energy goes in there, right? So a lot of it is figuring out what drains your energy from your environment to what you're exposed to, to what you're lending you know, conscious energy to. And realize that once you cut all those off, or limit them, or put boundaries on when they're allowed and when they're not allowed, next thing you know, you've got the surge of energy that you don't know what to do with. And you got to figure out if you want to work out, you got to figure out if you want to create something, you know, and it might even turn into anxiety because it's so so much excess energy, but it really is excess energy. It can now go into whatever the hell you want, right? So, but I feel like um, my approach to it is, is realizing that we come here with a lot of it, and through time, there's a lot of energy drains. So when you plug those holes you all of a sudden have more, yeah. You know? mm. I love, I love the way that you characterize that. And I think that all of us have, have had these moments where we feel like we have extra energy that we didn't have a moment ago or a week ago. Maybe that comes from a great night's sleep. Maybe it comes from a vacation or after, you know, a, a really great day or, love making or even reading a really good book and feeling like oh my gosh i just feel filled up with energy and i think that unfortunately a lot of people kind of don't know what to do with that uptick in energy if they're used to operating with a little bit less when they have a bunch of extra sometimes they make bad choices with what to do with that energy go you know go drinking or yeah. cause a scene or act out right so, so i i know you're you're like already yeah. nodding your head yeah. so so what happens, what are some things that we can develop or practices that we can develop individually when we find ourselves with a bunch of extra energy? Because that's what it is. People don't know what to do with it because they're not used to creating. So when you have a surge of it, what it seems like is like, you, it almost seems like caffeine. You're like, oh, wow. And you've got to move. And if you don't have the routines 
uh, in order to focus or channel that energy into something productive, you're going to do things like eat a burger or drink to, to numb it down so that now your body can feed, can focus on digestion, can focus on processing the alcohol, can have something to do because you don't know what to do with energy. So it's a great question. I feel like you should always have a, a bucket list, you know, for, you know, the things that you want to work on, you want to learn, you want to, you want to kind of improve in your life or you want to create, right? And when you have surges of energy, like, you know, because you, that's the thing is like, it doesn't matter if you have the time, you, you have the time, you don't have the energy, like, you know, you're going to drag your feet, it's going to take so long, right? But if you have the energy, you don't have the time, then shoot, like, you know, but when those two align, you want to be prepared and be like, all right, I always wanted to learn how to like, you know, you know, to start, an, start a podcast and focus on starting a podcast. I wanted to want to write a book or towards the book. So be prepared and know that those things, those, those are, those are at first they're rare till they become the norm, but you want to prepare for it. And, and it's okay if you don't use the whole time being productive, it's okay. But if you did 10, 20, 30 minutes, at least you're stretching yourself to where when you feel the energy surge, you're conditioning your mind to, I feel it. All right. Yes, I can still, you know, I'll still drink. I'll still do the burger. I get a viewer still wanting that. But before I do that, let me at least do something productive. So I'm training myself to, you know, to for this energy to go somewhere where it actually has more long-term effects versus just like, you know, numbed out, right? So I'm a big believer in like, you, know, you don't have to sacrifice, you know, um, you can have it all um, depending on your goals, right? But um, but making sure that, you know, things that you do are sustainable and they have more than just a short-term like, you know, effect. They have long-term um, benefits as well. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I, I like this idea of having those ready so that when the time does align, when you have the energy and the time, that you're not just stuck there and think, man, well, I guess I'll just pull up some porn or text my ex who I've got a toxic relationship with and start a fight, right? Because right? that's what makes me feel alive. To have things Absolutely. that you that you know, like, okay, cool. I've got maybe I've got four extra hours and a bunch of energy. Creation is a really good idea. Create more energy by, you know, grounding, create more energy uh by, you know, learning a new language or, you know. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's that's great. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1. I first heard about AG1 on other podcast sponsorships like Joe Rogan Experience, and it really is the number one go-to to cover your bases for nutrition. I take AG1 first thing in the morning. It's part of my morning routine. I wake up, I head downstairs, put one scoop of AG1 in about eight ounces of water. I shake it up and I chug it down. And I know that my nutritional bases are covered. The things that have the greatest impact on your health are the things that you can do every single day and you can stay really consistent with. And for me, AG1 ticks that box. I do it every single morning. I travel with it and I know that my nutritional bases are covered. Since I've been drinking AG1, I can tell after about 15 or 20 minutes that my body starts to wake up, my brain starts to wake up, and it really starts my day off on a really high note. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drink AG1 com forward slash OPP. That's drinkag1.com forward slash OPP. Go check it out. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good thing is because that's, those are good examples because 
when you don't know what to do, you don't have a plan for it, you revert back to things that could be either toxic to you or instant gratification to where now, like, you know, you've built up that energy so it can create and now it's gone. Or it's now it's creating, but what it's doing is it's, it's, it's facilitating and continuing a pattern like toxic relationship that you don't want. Now all your creation is now spent in strengthening that toxic pattern versus creating something you want. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of times people don't realize it is like your your thoughts, what you put attention to, you know, your creation. It's it's you whatever you focus on, you're you you manifest it, like you know, you facilitate it in the real world. So if you're focusing on things that you don't want with your energy, you're just strengthening that over and over and over again, making it harder to break down the road. Right. Yeah. So uh, and again, it's one of the things that we're never really taught growing up. Like, you know, I mean, I didn't grow up in a house, I wish I did, grew up in a household where that was. You know, someone sat you down. It's like, hey, Oliver, here's the instruction manual of how the mind works, how energy works, how patterns work, how people self-sabotage. No, I mean, we learn it through pain, through trial and error, to experiencing what we don't want till we realize enough is enough. You hit rock bottom, right? So a lot of times we're, we learn it through trial by fire. But, you know, right now, I mean, the, the biggest shifts that me and my wife have had over the last, you know, like we had this like close to eight years ago is like, we can learn the lesson before having to learn the lesson, right? You can you can stop at the first sign of the red flags and, and eventually you can smell the red flags a mile away and not even allow yourself to process, to, to, to do that dance because you know where it leads, right? It, it always, it, you always do. So eventually, you know, you avoid catastrophic, unnecessary suffering and pain. And now the way you learn the lesson isn't through pain. The way you learn the lesson is seeing other people do it and realizing I'm not doing that. And seeing people who are great at what they do and and following what they do and skipping more learning curves along the way. So yeah, it's all about, for me at least, it's all about just how do you find a way to you know, avoid all the unnecessary suffering and painful lessons that you don't have to learn. You don't because people are trained sometimes like, oh, it's gotta be hard. I gotta go through pain to to learn. Sure, for the first few times, but that's not the model for life. I feel like there's a, an easier more streamlined, more efficient way to do it than just through pain all the time. I think mm. it's an old fuel. And I think there's many more fuels you can have other than pain. But when you're starting out, it's, you know, sometimes that's all you got, right? Mm. Well, that's a great point. And it begets another question that's related because you're right. We we have access to resources and books like yours and, you know, um, people online we can model you know going all the way back to dale carnegie or the kybalion we can we can we can use these models so that we can learn these lessons ahead of time so that we don't have to suffer through them um and also because we are at our fingertips we have access to incredible amounts of information that our ancestors would have been blown away by. So this skill of discernment and differentiation is increasingly important because we're just barraged by tons and tons and tons of information. So we can learn lessons, but where, where Oliver, do we go to learn these lessons? Where do we find these models and how do we differentiate between what's BS and what's helpful for us? It's tough because I'm a big believer that there's something not there for everyone. Like, you know, like there's some, so the way I look at it is if my goal is to uplift and enlighten the world, then I realize that I'm not the only teacher, that there's going to be some other people that will teach someone that I can't reach 
because they might not resonate with me or I might not enjoy teaching that topic or I might not even believe in the way they're doing it. But if they're getting some per the person a result and it gets to the end result anyway, it doesn't matter if I believe it or not, right? So the way I look at it is people have to figure out what they resonate with, right? That's, that is aligned with their nature and who they are. Because when you embrace who you are, the way you're wired <clears throat> and not trying to change it too much out of, because it's like the, one, of the, one of the hardest things to change is someone's identity and nature. So if you are the kind of person that, you know, for you to process information, you're active and you have to be moving, then, then sitting in a classroom nine hours a day might not be the best way for you to process. But if you're like, shoot, I know that I love moving and learning, then you can incorporate that all of a sudden you're way, you're way faster with learning. So a lot of the times people, they kind of adapt things and they see, some, they see some, someone doing something that's cool, successful, but that person, the, way, the reason why they're successful is because they're following their innate wiring. But they think they have to be that. And then they shame and guilt themselves because they're not that. And they spend their entire life being that and still failing because they're not that. Right. So my thing is like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, you know, you expose yourself, whether it's through podcasts like yours, watching videos, reading books, getting going to seminars, learning, you know, learning from mentors, see what resonates and realize that, you know, you might have a mentor and you might outgrow them. There, you know, you might try it out. And then as you change, guess what? Your habits, your, 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 your thought patterns, you know, your preferences change. So it's okay for you to something to work for you for three months, a year, three years, and be like, gosh, you know, I need something else because you've evolved. So you need more tools. So for me, I look at it as sometimes you outgrow your mentors. Sometimes what worked for you doesn't work anymore. And a lot of, I see a lot of times people have that pain because they're trying to, to, to make what worked for them five years ago work today, but they're different. The landscape is different, right? To where they have to adapt. Um, mm. so, it's, so for me, it's like, see what resonates and try it out. No matter what anyone says, if it feels good to you and it works and it's something that's sustainable, then do it, you know? And, 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 and I'm, a, I'm a big believer in it. Even if the majority does not agree with it, but it works for you, do it. Because mm. again, you are your own unique individual and you have to kind of like explore at the beginning like it's throwing spaghetti in the wall, listening to all these podcasts, watching all these videos, reading all these books to be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I know. But this one, yes, this one, this one really resonates. Then go with what you feel pulled to versus what's just popular is mm. at least my approach, right? Mm. I want to go back to the mentor conversation a little bit later in, in yep. the podcast, because I think that that there's a lot of sort of mystique around, around that. And, yeah. and I think for, for typical people who work nine to fives, I think the idea of a mentor is maybe a little bit inaccessible for them because sure. if, if they're not into, into entrepreneurship. So I want to go back to that. So that's just me like Absolutely. planting a seed, but as we're sort of talking at a high level around, you know, lessons you can learn or things that you can adopt to, to, to become a better person or be the best version of yourself. Maybe share a couple of tips, perhaps from the book or, or, or a couple of pieces of content that have really resonated with your audience. If maybe there are one or two specific techniques or pieces of wisdom that just blow people away every time that, that my listeners can learn right now. Got it. So a lot of it is, um, I'm a big believer in the power of owning your nighttime. Right, because nighttime you get six to eight hours of sleep. Your body, your you know, your body, your you know, gets the rejuvenation that it needs. Um, and, and if you let it happen, so many different benefits. It has so many different benefits from the energy parts of things to the 
you know, physical well-being, but a lot of times sleep is interrupted because, you know, you're bringing, you know, shit from the day to the night and you sleep with that and you wake up and you wake up heavy, right? If you're, if you're, if you had an argument or something that triggered you or a situation that happened with a, with a person during the day and you bring it to your house, next thing you bring it to your bed, next thing you sleep in that energy and then you wake up and you're in that energy again and it's a never ending cycle. So for me, it's super important to kind of have this um, clear distinction of like, what happens outside the house is in the house. Or if you're if you're like me and you work from home, then like you know, then you have a work area center to do it. But when you go in certain player places, it's your sacred space. So for me, it is I I try to release other people's energies that are affecting me throughout the day. So the way I do it is let's say um talk to my dad and he triggered me, right? Then towards the day, I set an intention and I'm like, you know, I want to release all the energy that I've connected to my dad that's draining me of my energy and vitality, that is affecting me negatively, that's throwing me off, right? You know, I want to return that back to him and I want my energy back to me. So I set the intention and intentions are so powerful. I mean, if you look at and study all different belief systems and religions, I mean, there's so many stories about someone who's not even, you know, you might not even think they're the best when it comes to being positive, but something happens in their life. Maybe a family member who's, you know, in a critical condition and they pray. And so many stories of spontaneous healing from prayer alone. And prayer for me is a form of intention. So when you say it, in my mind, like, you know, you're, it sounds like you're just saying it, but in reality, it's your soul that makes that request. So even though you're saying it and you're using verbals, you know, or you hold it in your heart, the request is put in a higher frequency to where it's just in that space, who knows what happens and how fast it can happen, but I know it happens. Right. So I said the intention, but I also try to visualize. I try to visualize like, you know, a, a white light or a purple or a gold, whatever people resonate with, wrapping this person up in this in this bubble and filling that bubble up with love. Right. Because the thing is, I can't fight fire with fire. You know, I need water. And I can't fight negativity and fear with fear. But I have, but love will do it. So I visualize like light and whatever color of love. Um, uh, that I feel that resonates with me, wrap them, wrap them around this and imagine them in the bubble. So now I'm containing them visually. Then I imagine that bubble, like I send it off and I imagine it, you know, going through the horizon until I no longer see it. And for me, it, it does this, it, this visual and mental representation of releasing their energy from my field. So I'm not sleeping with it. Mm. Right. So I do a lot of those disconnecting from other people just because I don't, I, when I'm going to sleep, I want all that energy to go towards rest, rejuvenation, healing, learning, optimizing, and whatever my body needs or my spirit needs during bedtime. That's great. That's great. For everybody that needs to go back and listen to that again, because he gave you a very specific technique that you can do every single night if you need to let go, release, or give back tense, angry, fearful, disruptive energy that you've accumulated. And we all have that throughout the day in one way, shape or form. So go back and listen to that because there's a really useful technique there. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I think that I, it's, it's interesting, you know, I've, this is 445, 449 episodes, right? And I talk to all these biohackers all over the world who yeah. are into longevity and into yeah. personal development and, yeah. You know, are you, I mean, insane, insane resources. And oftentimes 
it goes back to sleep. It goes back to how important sleep is in order for us to do it's just essential things throughout the day. And you're saying using you're you're suggesting using sleep and leaning into sleep as a way to clear energy and to to manage your energy every single day, every single night. Yeah, because the thing is, so many things get processed through sleep. Let's say, let's say for example, um, have you ever had those dreams to where you felt like you were you didn't even get sleep? It was so active that you did something and you were working and you wake up and you're like tired or you're crying or it's a, it's it's a form of like you know, somebody passed and you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, you're like, you know, you just feel like, are they still, you know, like, oh, thank God I'm this, thank God I'm alive. It was just a dream. But a lot of times, well, my, my theory is we have, we have emotions. So we, we hold on to fears and, and things that need to be resolved. And there's only so much that our, that are human, that are mental, you know, our um, conscious mind can resolve now because the mind also is in protection mode. It won't let you deal with trauma that can, can, can possibly kill you. It wants you to survive. So if, if a trauma can lead you to depression and you don't have the tools, what it does is it compartmentalizes it. It hides it away, shoves it under the rug, so you're not aware of it, right? And then when you're ready or, or, you know, or something happens that triggers it and it spins out of control, it shows up in your environment to deal with. But typically when you have the right environment and in uh, your inner space and you've grown, all of a sudden you start remembering things that you have to work through or that you, you didn't know before. And all of a sudden it's there because the mind now deems it safe for you to process that. Now, here's what I think is sleep time. When you dream about these things, like you're processing unprocessed emotions and energy full force without your mind getting in the way, your mind now just becomes a little bit more of a participant or a character, but it's not controlling it. And the unconscious can process it quicker. So it can also be a way for, you know, resolving trauma, you know, uh, going and uh, reserving, you know, st stagnant energy. You know, sometimes you get messages in your dreams where you get ideas and you wake up and you're like, oof, right? It's a way for you to, to learn lessons in dream form. So you don't have to learn them painfully in mm -hmm. my mind in the real world, right? So mm -hmm. it is, it's a beautiful tool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've all we all have a, a, a small handful of dreams in our life that were like transformational. Oh, right? you remember them? Oh gosh, yeah. like like that one. You know, for, for 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 I'm sure for you and myself, there's there's a lot of these, but everybody has those dreams where it's like, man, that that really changed me or changed the way I thought about myself, or that was that was super important in my life. I remember it really vividly. And there's something to that, you know, there's. Yeah, because think, think about it this way. Let's say your, your lesson is to learn how to be present and appreciate your loved ones. People can learn that by a loved one dying in real world. Mm. Or people can learn that by a loved one dying in a dream. What do you prefer? Dream. Because you're here to learn the lesson. And when, you, when it happens in the dream and it's so intense to where it shakes you up, it's as if, it feels like you wake up and you have tears in your eyes. It feels like it happened in real life. Therefore, mm -hmm. you, your mind gets the lesson, right? So for me, it's like, it's a way to learn the lesson without having to painfully experiencing it and living with the long-term effects other than you're sad with your dream and you feel, you feel it and you never forget it, but at least lesson is learned, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. It's really revealing to see people in holistic health, integrative health, energy healing, how where they where they stood on the COVID stuff sure. and where they stood on the vaccine stuff. Yeah. What decisions did they make for themselves? Which camp were they in? And so for yourself, 
who are traveling around to do presentations on Gaia and authorship and entrepreneurship, working one-on-one with really, you know, highly visible people. What have you changed your mind about in the last three and a half years? Um, It's interesting because we have a retreat center. So we, you know, we have people that fly in um, all the time when we do workshops there. And then um, we do bigger ones online because our retreat center can house under a hundred, but online when we're doing these big three-day workshops, they get up to 15,000 people that show up, right? And this has always been the case. It's always shown up. And we've had rooms um, of, of people that show up and half of them are in the medical field and half of them aren't, right? Even in my own family. I mean, I come from a lineage to my mom, my sisters, all medical field, right? And the most important thing that I tell people is like, you have to rise above it. The most important thing, the most important conversation here is, you know, unity versus division. Because whether it's COVID, whether it's vaccine, whether it's who you voted for, whether it was your favorite color, what's your favorite band, whether whatever it is that divides, you know, society, there's always going to be one every year, every two years, every three years, every decade, right? And it always gets people all riled up. And we go back to this point. So, you know, the biggest thing when I see this thing, I understand it. I, I respect and understand all sides. And the most important thing is to realize like, hey, people can have different beliefs, but the love for humanity, for the soul that you have in front of you should be present in any, con- and, and that's and that's the biggest area of opportunity. So that's the biggest eye-opener for me is when people go through our workshops, seeing them having um, divisive thoughts and arguments, and then towards the end, seeing them grow in love and accept and not judge, and then realize that there's it's something deeper within them, right? Um, and, and, and that's kind of like my thought, my stance on things is like, we're going to have things the, even between me and my wife, me and my son, there are going to be things that maybe I won't do that way, right? But the whole notion that people have sometimes of just because someone is doing it different than me, then they might be in the wrong path. They might be lost. I just don't believe in that anymore. Mm-hmm. I believe that everybody has their own path. And as long as they're true to their integrity and authenticity and they speak their truth with love, doesn't matter if it if it goes against my views and belief like i respect mm. them for being able to do it right and I, I feel like there's this need now that i'm that 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 uh to elevate the way we deal with differences and conflicts as a family as in friendships and society because everything's gearing towards more you know division because i get it right you know i, I get it from multiple levels why that might be the case and i think there should be more of a um concentrated effort into unity Mm. is my stand you know the way i view it yeah yeah i agree we are we are we are whether we like it or not we're together in this yeah (laughs) we're all different like you know you're gonna have a lot of friends that are like you know vegan meat eaters like you know biohackers on biohackers i mean we're all here to coexist and what differences in in opinion is what makes us special and different and should be celebrated instead of like, oh, you're not like me? That threatens my belief system. You must be wrong. Let me hate you, right? It's just not a good vibration to be in. So I feel like I'm always thinking of different, you know, modes that work for everybody, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. I, I, I like that. What are you passionate about right now? This episode is brought to you by BioPro Plus, the non-synthetic HGH alternative that 
works so incredibly well. And I'm going to talk to you about how I use it and why I love it. And then I'll tell you some of the details about what it is and how it works. Number one, I do not exaggerate when I tell you that BioPro Plus is the most effective supplement I've ever taken to enhance vitality. So that's energy, metabolism, that is sleep, that is libido, all of those things have been enhanced since I've been taking it. And so many of my coaching clients and you listeners can attest to that. It's super simple. It's literally the first thing I do in the morning. After I wake up and use the bathroom, I unscrew the cap to a little tiny vial of the liquid, and then I just pour it underneath my tongue, and that's how I start my day. I can usually start to feel it after about 30, 45 minutes. BioPro Plus is the faster, easier, and safer non-synthetic alternative to painful, expensive, and invasive anti-aging and hormone treatments. Before you do TRT, before you start taking a bunch of herbs that may not make you feel the way that you want to feel, you should try this. Go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. You know, you know that a sponsor is a hit when people who have purchased it reach out to me and say, holy cow, Sean, I tried this and it's amazing. It's blowing my mind. It makes me better at everything that I do. I love having sponsors like this that really make a difference in people's lives. And this product is, it's absolutely incredible. It's growth factors and amino acids that will help you improve your hormones, become better at everything that you want to do. So go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. What, what maybe this morning, maybe this week, sure. maybe this year, what's, what's the thing that just like totally got you on fire? Got, um, so right now it is reaching unreachables, right? Cause if you look at biohacking, personal development, energy work, spirituality, there's a niche, right? It's like, and it's almost like, okay, people that, you know, show up here, they've done it all their life, but it's a very small niche. And my impact, I want it to be broader. I want to reach more people. So the, you know, the books, they're exciting because they read, they reach people I never reach and they get translated into like, right now it's a dozen languages and it's probably going to be more, um, you know, as, as the years go by. So it's exciting for me because that's somebody that you might not even have social media. And now my work you know, can impact them and affect them. So I'm thinking about what are the distribution centers that um, the uh, mass market consumes. So another thing that we're working on right now is a, a TV series. It's in the, it's in the works, um, you know, as we speak. So I'm excited about that, you know, um, being followed around like a reality TV, you know, and watching as we help people showing what's possible, you know, how we live our lives, how we deal with, you know, as a father, as a, as a husband, as a healer, as a business owner, you know, as a philanthropist, what does that look like? How do you balance it all? Well, how do you, and what are people's results as you're working with them mentally, emotionally, energetically? So I'm excited about that because I feel like that's a medium for me to reach people that are just browsing, you know, they would have never stumbled on me. They, they're not book buyers. They're not on Instagram. They're stumbling and, and hopefully enough, the, the way we, we, we craft it is appealing enough to where they watch it. And even if they learn a lesson there from an episode that it sticks with them forever. So for me, that's, um, that's important to me uh, because I, I can't begin to tell you how many people come up to me. Um, I've seen them in workshops and they come up to me and like, they thank me, like, thanks for saving my life. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I'm always curious. And they're like, you know, I downed a lot, you know, I, last year I downed a lot of pills, you know, cause I wanted to give up on life. I saw your video on TikTok and Instagram. Because of that, I called 911, got it pumped out, and I've never been in the same place ever since. And I'm like, holy crap. First mm -hmm. of all, I'm, I'm astounded of like, 
wow, I'm, I'm shocked. And then I asked him, what video did you watch? Because I want to know. I want to create for me the marketer. And he's like, what worked so I can do more of it, right? And, and they tell me something really, really simple. Like, oh, I was watching your video talking about empaths and people who are sensitive to energy. And I'm like, that video? That wasn't even, in my mind, that's not even the advanced stuff. The fan, that's like basic stuff. But it, it saved a life. So when I realized the power of short content and how it can transform a life, in my mind, I'm like, gosh, what about it if it's 30 minutes or an hour, right? Mm. And it's designed to change your life. I wasn't even trying to save a life and it did. So if I actually attempted to put potency in this longer format, what could I do? So for me, that's kind of a little bit of what excites me is the potential of who can he can help and what he can do, right? Mm. Yeah. In your experience, what are people's most common sources of energy blockage? Um, I've seen, again, a lot of times I've seen it's, 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 um, childhood wounds, mom and dad, like, you know, how mom and dad affected them, lack of love, um, for sure, or traumatic things, but mom, mom and dad is a big source, um, association with money and abundance. Do they think it's good? Do they think it's bad? Um, are they, are they good at giving and they suck at receiving? Right. Therefore, they unknowingly turn down a lot of the things that um that um are meant for them. I've seen that happen. And a lot of the times it's people not embracing who they are. And it and and it leads to a lot of things from unhappiness to being sick. Mm. Right. Because you're you're you reject your nature. And when you do, and you have self-hatred for all of your parts of you um, that you're shameful for. Then it creates a disconnect internally that leads to all sorts of things, um, whether psychosomatically and physically, to mentally, emotional health, um, and uh, and it and it, it's a real thing. I've seen it over and over again. Um, so I would say those are three big things: um, your relationship with money and abundance, your views on it, your rules on it. You know, um, um, mom and dad that typically affects um, your love life, and then um, rejection of self because mm. that affects everything else important to you, you know? Can you give us a, a, a more of an explanation of this idea of rejection of self? How do we, how do, how do people do that? Sure. So for example, let's say, um, good example, let's say somebody is a addicted to porn, right? And they're watching porn and then they stop and then they shame themselves because they're like, you know, being sexual or this expression is, is bad. So they go to the opposite of complete, like trying to be celibate energetically and just not right so now they went to the other side of it versus being like you know what i love myself right and i have got sexual expression needs i'm going to understand myself i'm not going to judge myself i'm going to find out a healthy outlet so i'm not always you know doing this and i'm and i'm conserving my energy but let me love myself understand myself not judge myself not shame it not label it just understand it so I can integrate it and heal it and not make it wrong, but understand, hmm, if I'm having this need, I probably have a need for creation, for love and connection, for excitement, right? And there's so there's a lot more things I can do with those needs, love and connection, excitement, you know, curiosity. What else can I express? What else can I can I use this for? So when you understand that when you do things that you shame yourself for, inherently you have a deeper need of why you do it. That's important for your being. And when you deny yourself that you're either unhappy or it's repressed, 
And when you repress it, you shove it under the rug and it builds up, builds up. And one day something happens, it spirals out of control because of an unmet need, mm. right? So meeting your needs at the deepest level is important. And, and a lot of times people don't do that. They, they look at themselves and they judge their actions. They don't understand that there's a deeper need. And in order to get to that need, you got to put judgment aside. You got to put ego aside. You got to love yourself deep in, in, in enough, make it a safe space to explore that need. And when you figure it out, then it comes the opportunity to do how can I meet those needs in a healthy, empowering way every single day or as often as I can so I can be happy and so I can be the best version of me for everybody around me as well, right? Wow. Yeah. And that shame thing is a big deal, huh? I feel Very like, big. Like a Very lot, big. a lot of people. And I think it's, I mean, I, I've seen it, especially with my coaching clients, um, mm. men, strong, men. powerful yeah. men. Because you're not allowed to express it. You're not allowed right. to express. So you just shove it down and you just act out, act out. Right. Yeah. 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 That shame, that, that, that shame can look a lot of different ways too. It wears a lot of different masks that, and it, and it, and it comes out in really, really destructive ways. <laughs> Absolutely. And the solution really that I've seen with, you know, with shame is like, you know, love and connection helps being deeply understood loving yourself self-care not and like all those different practices that like really is the antidote to shame right love yeah. right um uh and an environment matters in that so it's just like you know you know you that like instead of shaming you're just pouring love and understanding that matters and like a, a safe outlet for that you know and I, I feel like as a society we could you know definitely have a huge area of improvement in providing safe spaces, you know, that don't shame at all because yeah. a lot of places do. Right. And I feel like that, if that, if that is healed, then a lot of issues that we're seeing now society just go away. They just simply won't become available. It won't show up. Yeah. Right? Shame is a big one. One thing that I've seen help a lot with shame is humor and, uh, and, and, you know, allowing, allowing yourself some grace and not taking yourself too seriously. You know, when you yeah. get mired in your own stuff and, and, and you become really self-important and, and you, you think of it as like, oh, I'm doing this work, you know, the, the, the work I'm doing, the stuff, I'm, especially if you've hired a coach like yourself or myself and you're doing self-work, it's easy to, to take it very seriously and make it like do or die. And, and and adding a little bit of humor and adding this element of not taking yourself so seriously can kind of take the edge off the shame a little bit, you know, like tell a fart joke, hear a fart joke, right? Like just like laugh at yourself a little bit. And that helps in, in my opinion, in my experience, just letting go of some of that shame stuff that can be so, so bad. For you. Well, absolutely. Because I do it with, uh, you know, with, with my son and with, with a lot of, uh, when we're doing a lot of workshops, and um, we have people that um that um come here, like you know, it's humor is a big one because when you're in your shame spiral, it's like it's not you know it's not a fun place. You're like spiraling, 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 and when you have humor, like it pulls you out of that spiral. It breaks the whole spiral, and you're here again, and you're like, oh, it's like a reboot. So I I found humor. I'm actually. Like, you know, notorious for that for our kids, if they're like in a shame or even if they're just, you know, throwing a fit or they're like crying and my four-year-old and it's tickles, it's jokes, it's fart noises, it's anything 
to get them out of that. And it works. And then they're yeah. next day, they forgot about it. Yeah. And, and a lot of, and, and, and that's a power of pattern interrupts. I feel like it's, 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 it serves a really, really important purpose, whether or not, if you don't have anybody to make, you know, to put humor, you put on a comedy and you watch something funny. Yeah. You watch something action. If you like action, you just do kind of focus um, giving yourself a different emotional experience. That's better than the shame spiral, right? Yeah. Right. Right. But I like it. Yeah. So what, what's one thing that, that has surprised you just mm. anything, just something in the last, maybe the most recent future, something that you've, we've, we've talked about something that you've changed your mind about. Um, mm. um, what, what's something that a fact you heard or an anecdote you heard or something that, that, that's really surprising that stands out for you. Um, just the nature of humanity is you really can't judge. I've seen people that have come through that I were the best of the best, that were the, so the most pure, they're amazing and all that stuff. We groom them and ego and status gets in the way and then takes them for a spin, right? To where you're like, hmm, what I thought was a slam dunk of like, wow, because so the thing that I know what I do is not sustainable. So a big part of the business is we we teach, we certify healers, and my wife certifies life coaches. Um, so we do that. And when we when I get excited at times, we're like, wow, I think they're going to be the next one. They're going to be the one replacing me. And I can send them off doing workshops, and they can hold the potency, and they can be excited, and they can learn results, and they can represent the brand. I like them. And so many times to where I like somebody, and they started off good, but when they're under the spotlight, they get some status recognition, the ego pump, ego jumps in, and all of a sudden, like a whole primal thing takes over. And I'm like, my gosh. And I've seen the opposite. I've seen people that come in that are kicking and screaming. They don't want to change, but somehow they pay them. They're there. And and you know, and they and they're like problem clients. And then, but one of the things that they have is determination and motivation and a desire for things to be different. And they turn out to be the best you know, role models. And I'm like, such a mind fuck. What mm -hmm. you think is, isn't. Mm -hmm. And what's the, what you think will most likely won't be if I had to bet money in it, turns out to be. So it's this whole thing of like, when you meet people, you really can't judge them. It's hard because a lot of times you're going to be wrong on the outcome because you don't know, you know, any, we're, we live in a free will universe and any given second, people can choose different. They can mm -hmm. just turn left, turn right, say yes, say no, S choose to step up to the occasion or hide. And everyone has a choice. That means any given second, anything can change, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, that's what's for, that, what I've seen that's like, oh my gosh, kind of shocked me in terms of like, wow, I didn't know that, but now I know. <laughs> it was, you know, monumental for me. Yeah, that's, I like that. Well, because it goes back to an early point of, of um, you know, allowing yourself to, to change your mind, you know, like being enthusiasm and, and staying in awe of the world is, yeah. it, I mean, it's going to save your life a thousand times. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm on the end of, I'm 40. So, right. I'm like the oldest millennial, right? Uh -huh. Like, I'm like the, the, the oldest millennial. So I, I, I understand the plight of 
of the, you know, the sort of younger millennials that want instant gratification and that want, you know, that, that know it all, but are also highly attuned and sensitive. And the older millennials who have the influence of Gen X, where it's like, I'm tough. Don't fuck with me. I don't, I, I can see through your bullshit, yeah. you know, like, leave me alone. Let me do my thing. And, and, and one superpower, super strength that everyone can harness and grow is to just be enthusiastic and in awe of the world, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah that's always a, a great place to start. Like, you know, enthusiastic, you're curious, like, you know, um, in awe because it's otherwise it's very difficult if you're not fueled by those and then you're fueled by the opposite of it. Right. 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 So before we, before we kind of take, take it home, um, I, I do want to, I do want to talk about the book, um, sure. spiritual activator. Mm -hmm. This is like center of the bullseye for, for me. And, and, and I think for a lot of my listeners who have connected the dots between personal performance, biohacking, building up the body, building yeah. up the energy, because downstream from that is greater spiritual awareness, greater, yeah. greater consciousness. Uh, an, a more enriching human experience. And, yeah. and so what, what can people expect from, from your book? Got it. So here's the thing is like, you know, probably people can tell from this conversation is I mostly left rain. So every single biohacking thing that you can think of, whether it's cryotherapy, we've done red light machines, like, gosh, we spent hundreds and thousands on optimization um you know and machine we have it we do it like you know and it's all they're good because again every single edge you can have is great and i've had and i've had but there's this thing is energy has worked for me when nothing else has and it's something that works for me just as good as all the machines do when i can't travel with them right and it's and it transcends belief because i've had times to where um i'm stuck in business nothing can do a, a thing i get energy work done makes more in a day than I did an entire year. Like that's, that's just for me, my mind can't even comprehend that level of growth, but I didn't have to believe it for it to happen, but removing the energetic blocks that are in the way made it happen. Right. So for me, energy is great because I feel like it's a, a fast way to experience the results that you want. Even if you don't believe it, even if you still have a lot of trauma, even if you have a lot of things holding you back, it can get you to experience what you want. I'll give you an example. Like if you look at lottery winners, right? They're not the most, you know, in my mind, you know, the most developed, you know, as far as the best mindset and the best relationship with money and biohacking, right? They just win the lottery and they, they, they land into this big whole experience of abundance. So the belief, the thought, the, all those different things that you think are needed weren't even like necessary. They just had to buy the, the ticket, right? But then on the flip side, 10 years later, a lot of the lottery winners are in a worse financial place than they were before they won, right? But shows you that you can win and get that even if you don't have all these other things lined up. Mm. So my approach is, is, so for me, when that when I learned that, because it happened to me, you know, I made more in a day than in a year, right? Then I lost it all in two months, you know, spend, spend it, vacation, car, you know, bills for family, vacations for them, what they wanted, because my mind wasn't primed for that level of abundance that quick. So it had to level it down to what it was comfortable with, right? Mm -hmm. So my, so for me, my idea now, my trick is energy will get me to experience it now. Even if I don't believe it, I'm still experiencing it. And while I have it, let me work on my mind and emotions so I don't lose it. Because it's faster that way, right? Why not? 
So um, the book is that, is literally how do you master your energy? How do you protect your energy so you're not too sensitive for other people out there so you can gain your energy back? If you have things that are draining you from childhood or younger years or traumatic years, how do you clear that energetically? And a lot of times when you clear things energetically, you don't even know the source. You don't know what happened because every single, you know, every single event that happened traumatic leaves energetic, um, you know, imprints in your body. And when you're able to release that, like, you know, it's kind of, that's why you do like tapping or myofascial fascial release is like, you know, all the emotions and trauma stuck in the body. And when it releases, you don't even need to know what it is. It's just releases. You don't have to understand it. Like a light turning on. My electrician knows the wirings. I don't. I just flip it on. The light turns on. Flip it off. It's off. Right? You don't need to know the source of the trauma for you to heal it. All you got to do is remove the blocks so you can have more energy and step into peak performance. So the book really, in a way, is how can you gain your energy back so you can perform the best as you can? Because now you are all of you. You have your authentic energy. You plug all the, you know, all the areas where it's leaking and you know how to manage it moving forward. You feel empowered and you're your best self. And it gives you techniques that kind of like, for me, it's like what I've learned in, in, in close to 20 years of doing this was the best of the best. And I wrote the book uh, in my intention of like one day, if I could go, if I can hand my son, now three sons, so my kids, something and I couldn't talk to them, I could just hand them one thing, a manual for life, what would it be? And that's why I wrote the book because I can just give it to them. They can read it and be like, all these different things are the things I swear by that's mm. worked for me and the people that I've helped. So that was my initial intention. If it's something that I can hang or give my younger self, what would it be? Right. And it's, it's everything in the book. It's, it's the instruction manual for energy that I wish I had when I, you know, when I was born. Huh. Wow. I really, really like that idea, that concept that you don't need to fully understand all of it in order yep. for you to work through it and transcend it or alchemize it into something useful. I think that that's such a key, key idea that I, that I think a lot of people miss, especially people yep. who are left-brained, who are analytical. Like a lot of the highest performers that I work with are left-brained analytical. They want to understand it theoretically. They want to see the data that supports it. They want to understand it from, from the very top to the very bottom. Mm. And, and then they never leave that theoretical place, <laughs> you know? And so to, you, you don't have to know all that. You don't need to know every single detail in order to, uh, to work through it. I think that that's such a key, key point. Yes. Thank and you, you, people that. miss that, but I've seen it in my life to where, you really don't because there's so many things happening. If you if you thought that you'd have to you to, to figure everything out before life gets better, you're gonna be in your rocking chair moment and you feel like you're still at one percent. Mm. Right. It can't be a prerequisite because it's just not possible. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> your rocking chair moment. I like that. <laughs> uh well, before I ask the, the fill in the blank question to, to, to wrap this, wrap this, in, wrap this conversation up, um, wh where do you, where should we send people? Where do you want them to go on the internet? Instagram and TikTok. Like, I mean, I put, I put most, not all of my best stuff there out for free. So if you follow me on Instagram, you know, spiritual activator or TikTok, I mean, just follow all the free stuff. And there's a lot, a lot of good stuff in there to where, you know, they're practical techniques. You can use them today. Like, you know, they're. It's not like, you know, I'm going to leave you hanging and, you know, buy the book in order to get this. No, it's more like, try this out. Because my model for transformation is this. I'm going to give some 
I'm going to give somebody something that can transform them. And I'm going to give them a lot of them. And if they like that, then they can do more stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to leave the transformation out, you know, and make it something unattainable because my goal is transforming more lives. So I got to make it more, you know, available to anybody. So follow me on Instagram, social media. I'm, I'm on Instagram um, and TikTok is where I'm the most active. A lot, a lot of stuff in there. I mean, you guys are going to get in a pretty jump start crash course by just checking the stuff that I put out there. Yeah. He's not lying, everybody. There is a ton, a ton of practical techniques delivered in a really like how-to way. Try this tonight. Try this this afternoon. Yep. Really functional stuff. So here's the here's the last question, which is a fill in the blank question. Um, and this can be based on really anything. It doesn't have to be specific to any one area. Um, and you can elaborate as much or as little as you want. Uh, the, here's the fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Everyone would benefit from knowing their unique style of self-care, right? So what I mean by that is when I look at self-care, it's, if I could change the name, I'd change it to oxygen for the soul. Because people hear self-care, they think, ah, I, I, I have to be stressed and beat up and eventually I can earn it, right? You don't really think about it. But the way I look at it is this, it's like that mentality is almost like waiting for a car to overheat before you do something about it. And by the time it overheats, like you're out of commission. You can't take it anywhere, right? Um, Or it's just like, once you figure out what's your version of self-care, whether it's going for a walk or being by yourself or journaling or working out or listening to music or spending time with loved ones or, you know, um, playing a board game, right? Or, you know, painting, you're doing what you love, like, you know, traveling. I mean, there's so many different versions of self-care that when you do it, like, you know, or being around animals, I mean, gosh, like, you know, looking at your uh, your childhood activities and what you wanted, you know, what you love doing as a, as a kid, whether it's being in the ocean and you're a water kid or your parents describe you as someone running around barefoot, you know, with, 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 you know, um, and that's how you were, or your wild child, whatever it is, or you're, you know, playing with make-believe stuff, that's imagination, whatever that is, like, leaning into that and doing that, like, you know, daily, and the more intense the day is, the more you do it. There are some days where they're intense, I got to do them every hour, right? And there's sometimes when life hits you, you're of no good, you got to take half a day, a day, a few days, a week off, and just recharge because you've got to, the level of self-care has to rise up to the occasion of what you're dealing with, but the norm should be at least daily, right? And I feel like that's super underrated in our society, but that's what fuels us. That's what recharges us. That's what allows us to go through the humps of the day and the humps in life. And when you do that um, and realize it's not selfish when you do that, it's you know probably the most selfless thing you can do because you take care of yourself. Now you can take care of more people, Right. And, and you look at it more as an oxygen for the soul, then things change fast. Mm. Because now you're ready and prepared and fueled for what the day could bring versus like, you know, you're hanging by a thread. And when, and when everything else fails and snaps, you're blowing up. You're out of, you're tired. You're sleeping. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. So for me, I mean, that probably would be, you know, my, my, my thoughts on it. That's fabulous. I've asked that question hundreds of times and not not heard that answer yet that that i love being surprised by by that by, by those responses but i do have a, a follow up question because sure. 
I, I think specificity will really help people. What are your three go-to self-care? Sure. So for me, oxygen um, for the soul. Yeah. So for me, it is quality time with my wife for sure. There's, there's love and connection there. And without the kids, without the kids, the kids, it works. It's more powerful without the kids, but when without the kids and we're just there, then we hear each other out. There's a connection, there's love and connection. And it's like, it just elevates the frequency for sure. Um, without wife, it's salt bath is one of my favorites. I'm just there, like salt bath, and I'm like literally scalding hot for an hour, and I'm just like relaxing in there. Is um, another one, and another big one is um, believe it or not, serving. Because when I'm serving like this, you would think like, oh, he's working. No, when I'm serving, I get catapulted to one of the highest vibrations. And when you're in that vibration, you're you're supported, your cradle more flows through you, you get taken care of, it's just like woof, right? It's a very, very different. So hmm. for me, service um like you know just elevates everything. Because a lot of the times when things are bothering you, it's because you're in a vibration to where it can bother you. But when you're serving, you get catapulted to high vibration to where things that are mountain becomes little molehill. They're they're hmm. very, very they're small. Right. But when you're in a lower vibration, things that are small become really, really big. Right. So for me, serving is, is definitely a go to one mm-hmm. of my favorites. Those three. I mean, when they're there, I mean, it's like it is. That's why I make it a point to serve daily um, and have open and loving, fun conversations with my wife and a salt bath. Then, yeah, like, you know, when it's there, it's great. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, but those are my three go to's. Those are great. Wonderful. Do you ever do you ever go float and float tanks? You know, I've tried it's not my thing it's just huh. it's, i like salt bath better because i can do it wherever i am like sure. you know it's more like you know it's it's just for some reason it's just it's it does the job you know yeah i'm with you on that well this has been a really cool conversation i i like i like conversations like this that can be very broad and philosophical about the nature of being a human and also specific and actionable. And I think that we really, we really hit on a lot of really cool elements that, that people can, um, that people can tap into and to experiment with, because that's what at the heart of this, this podcast is to encourage people to experiment and to grow and to, to test things, you know, cause you're different today than you were yesterday. So um, thank you so much, Oliver, for joining me today on the optimal performance podcast. Thanks for having me, um, Sean. It's been, it's fun. It's fun where I get somebody who's left brain like me into optimization and then also in exploring energy and spirituality because I'm able to talk like this, right? In a very like, we meet, you know, eye to eye and we just go ping pong and it's a fun conversation between two friends versus like, you know, um, other ones where you're, it's all just one, one shift. So for me, for me, for one year. So for me, this is pretty refreshing. Thanks for having me. You betcha.